Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast founder right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Yes. We got a fun episode, but real quick. If you didn't know, BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. And please, if you're listening on iTunes or even if you're not listening on iTunes, but you have access to go to iTunes and everyone does, all you got to do is download it and make an account. Drop us a rating. Drop us a review. So that way, when people are searching for a new video game music podcast to listen to, BG Mania will show up near the top of the search results. We want to expand. We want to share our love of video game music with everybody. We want to be the very best like no one ever was. Every Oh, okay. Pokemon reference because it's coming out on uh, Friday. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, the game is coming out on Friday. Uh, looking forward to that because you're getting the Pikachu edition and I'm getting the Eevee edition. So it's going to be a lot of fun trading back and forth. But we're not talking about Pokemon today. We're not even talking about Nintendo at all. Because you know what the old saying is. Sega does what Nintendo don't. And we're actually going to be talking about the Sega Dreamcast today. Released, the Dreamcast? Yeah, released on September 9th, 1999. I bought this on day one. Thanks, my mom. But uh, one of my favorite experiences growing up was getting the Dreamcast. And I loved it. And I was really sad that it never took off here in, in North America. And then it became a disaster, so to speak, because it had great games. And because it had great games, it had some great music. Oh, yeah. I included that first track you just heard. Which was your opening track? And what was that? That was a magician from The Typing of the Dead. Uh, so The Typing of the Dead, how do I explain this to the, the non-believer that this is actually a game? Imagine House of the Dead 2, the classic light gun game, meets Mavis Beacon teaches typing. <laughs> or or Mario t- or Mario Typing Assistant, whatever that game was called. There you go. So <laughs> you would actually like type letters, words, and phrases to kill zombies. Uh, pretty cool game. It's technically an edutainment game. Um, composed by Tetsuya Kawachi. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I remember this game, like, type the word Snapdragon, type Daffodil. That's how, you kill, <laughs> that's how you're killing these zombies, so it's pretty cool. I, you know what? I've never played the game. I, I heard some of the pieces of the soundtrack because, you know, I don't follow the dumb rule that I can only pick from games that I've played. But uh, I, I've heard bits and pieces <laughs> from this soundtrack in the past, and uh, it has a pretty strong soundtrack. It really does. You wouldn't think that from a game that's about typing and and that kind of stuff so i mean the, the game is actually or not the game but the actual soundtrack is really well done so and they've actually made sequels to this like in japan they've actually put out english of the dead to help teach english to uh oh no shit Japanese i didn't know that yeah. i didn't yeah. i didn't I, that's actually really cool i actually didn't know that that's actually really really neat um okay but they never came out here though like nothing uh, obviously english of the dead wouldn't come out here but uh there was no sequels to typing of the dead here in the u.s was there mm. Not that I'm noticing that. I didn't think so. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and kick to my first game then. And it happens to be a sequel to a game. So, you know, a little tie in there. Yeah. I had to kick things off with my favorite franchise from the Dreamcast era. Of course, we're going to Shenmue. I had to go Shenmue. I had to get something in here from Shenmue. But I decided to pick from Shenmue 2. Because I pick a lot from Shenmue 1. 
I've only ever picked one track from Shenmue 2. It is my favorite track across the entirety of Shenmue, though, from Shenmue 2. Uh, the Morning Fog's Wave, which we even played in our anniversary episode. My favorite track ever from the universe of Shenmue. We're going to go to something a bit more lighthearted today for Shenmue 2. A bit more fun. And something I think is going to speak to you, Frank. Your soul. This is going to speak to your soul. This is a character theme from Shenmue 2. It's a character that rides a motorcycle and is a complete badass to so the complete opposite of you. Wow. But she's amazing. She's super, super cool. Her name is Joy. And the name of the track from Shenmue 2 is Joy. Yeah! You'll never meet anyone on the likes of her. She's a witch, not a sweet drama in the air. She's a god on a pair of wheels She passes by in the blank of an island No, you can't ever stand to keep your head from looking back Cause you see a fantasy is a building up inside your dreams You wanna touch her skins like her precious stone Comes on a mental machine And you drunk a dash on the slices down the road Just one little looking on them begging for more She passes mine in the blank of a night And no, you can't ever start to keep your head from looking down Cause you see it Joy from Shenmue 2. Shenmue 2 released again on the Dreamcast in Japan September 6, 2001. Eventually it would hit Europe and Dreamcast November 23rd, 2001. Here in North America, we would never get it on the Dreamcast until, well, actually never, because we would have to wait for the Xbox version on October 28th, 2002 here in North America. But it is still a Dreamcast game because it did release in Japan and it did release in Europe on the Dreamcast. So Joy, fun character. Great freaking theme, though. Hell yeah, dude. I'm not sure who wrote the lyrics. I'm not sure who actually composed it, whether it was Takanobe Mitsuyoshi, Yuzo Koshiro, or Ryuchi Ayuchi. I guarantee you it was not Yuzo Koshiro. But uh, whoever composed it, the actual track was performed by the band Loudness, which was formed in 1981 over in Osaka, Japan. And they are a 80s hair metal band which is Frank and I's favorite musical genre. 
That's crazy. I never heard of them. Which is which is why I picked. Yeah, of course you do. But I picked this track because of the '80s hair metal roots, and I thought that yeah, it would fit perfectly. So, um, fantastic track, great song, great music, and uh, yeah, what a uh, what a fun what a fun little track there. Like I said, Joy's a badass. While uh, while her and Rio, they they don't get along the entire time in Shenmue 2, but she's a complete badass and, and a very very fun character that I absolutely loved. So uh, I'm still actually. Wasn't Shenmue one of the first ever games that have like a 3D open world? Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. And then, it, cast, man. and then it continued with Shenmue 2. Yep. But uh, I'm still plugging away at the, uh, the remastered versions, the HD ports of Shenmue 1 and 2. But um, I need to get back to that sometime. It's been a few. It's actually been about two months since I've played and I'm still in Shenmue 1. So uh, I won't be able to hear this amazing song for a while in Shenmue 2 when I get to it again. But uh, looking forward to it when I do because it's amazing and again the band is called loudest if you're a fan of metal or rock or just 80s glam metal hair metal bands go check them out because they're they're lesser known here in the US but they're they're phenomenal I think that was an awesome track and I'm going to follow it up with an equally awesome but different track okay I would assume I would hope it was a different track I would hope you wouldn't say my next track from Shenmue 2 is Joy because it was so good we're gonna play it again From um, <laughs> this is the opening theme to Crazy Taxi. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Nope. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. From Dr- Grind Radio, known as Jet Set Radio, ever except for North America. Which is weird because everything else after that was Jet Set Radio here in North of America. <laughs> this is That's Enough. <laughs> That's enough from Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, I love this game. Uh, one of the first ever cel-shaded games. Uh-huh. Uh, right there with Shenmue, one of the first ever open world games. Three open world 3D games, I'm sorry. This was composed by Hideki Naganuma. Yes. With uh, vocals by no one knows. Unknown. An unknown entity. <laughs> yeah, I could not find it anywhere. Could not find it anywhere. It has a bit of a Beastie Boys vibe to it, but it wasn't the Beastie Boys for sure. Otherwise, I would have known that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, this game, and the reason I picked the second was I want to tie into my first pick, 
had a remake on mobile phones in 2001 in Japan called Typing Jet. Oh, no, I actually didn't know that. That's neat. <laughs> Which was just a radio with typing. <laughs> uh, you, you ever play this game? Or, or, or these games? I've, I've played Jet Grind Radio on the Dreamcast and, uh, what is it, Jet Set Radio Future on the Xbox. Uh, played both of those, and I keep, keep hoping that there will be a new Jet Set Radio announced because these games are fun, man. These games are a blast. I'm surprised the last time we've seen them was, like, in the Sega Tennis Collection or something like that. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. We just go to show how many, uh, how much I love my tennis games. Uh, it was so innovative. It, I mean, this is one of those games where, like, much like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the music and the game are so intertwined. Like, right. You can't think about you can't think about one without the other. Uh, you know, we love music and video games. Of course. This one, this one, this one's skating and graffiti and just awesomeness and. Like you said, I cannot wait for a new game to come out. I wish they would. Yeah, I, I really wish they would. I'm not confident that there will be another one, but I really wish there would be. Because uh, it would be fun. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a very long time. Uh, okay. Well, I guess I'll move on to my next pick then. And we're going to go to a series that I'm not sure if you've ever played any of these games before. But if you haven't, you're missing out because they're fantastic games. We're going to go to Echo the Dolphin. Defender of the Future. Have you played any of these? On the Sega Genesis, yes. Okay, so you played the Genesis version. Okay. Well, this is the Dreamcast version. This is Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. And the track is Shrine of Controversy. Thank you. 
And that was Shrine of Controversy from Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future, which again released on the Dreamcast, also released on the PS2, but it hit the Dreamcast first, uh, came out in Europe first, June 16th, 2000. We would see it on September 10th, 2000, and Japan would see it January 25th, 2001. The PlayStation 2 version would release here in 2002. Uh, that was composed, and you wouldn't know it by hearing it, Tim Fallen. Really? Yep. Compo- that entire soundtrack was composed by uh, Tim Fallen uh, for all the in-game music. The cinematic music was done by Attila Hager, but uh, because that is actually in-game music, that was done by Tim Fallen. Not his normal rocking stuff. Doesn't sound like him. Yeah, okay. but still very epic. Still very good. Very atmospheric. And that's why I really like the music from Echo the Dolphin. Uh, it's always extremely fitting for the areas that you're in. And I don't know, man, it's just it's it's really, really, really well done. And this is in some kind of underwater shrine. Yeah. Yeah. The shrine of controversy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Which is, I, know, I hope it's underwater shrine or it's going to die. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but I'm trying to think. I think this is actually. Yeah, because it wasn't he wasn't on the Genesis versions. So this was Tim Fallon's debut for the Echo series as well. Oh, wow. Uh, but this is also the last game to come out in the Echo franchise. <laughs> yeah, the last one was uh, Defender of the Future, which literally was 18 years ago, which makes you think we may not see another Echo game, which would be really sad because, like I said, these are these are fun adventure games. These are fun games. And I really enjoyed playing these. I mean, I spent a lot of time with Echo the Dolphin on the Genesis, spent a decent amount of time with the Tides of Time on Sega CD when I rented the Sega CD. I never owned the Sega CD, but I rented the Sega CD at one point, picked up Tides of Time, picked up uh, Rage in the Cage, the WWF video game. And then I, I spent some time with Defender of the Future on the Dreamcast. So I would be I would be sad if we never saw Echo return. But I don't think we will. Probably not. Probably not. But it, it should. He should come back. Because they were fun games. And I actually think that they could do something really, really cool. Especially if they developed it for, like, VR. I think it'd be really interesting. Ooh, play as Echo himself, like, through his eyes? That'd be neat. I mean, when you're playing as Echo himself, he's a character. Well, but, uh, well, yes. But, I mean, like, I think it would be... This, this type of game, remind, like, it's one of the ones that I think could be done really well in a virtual reality type of a setting. I think I'm going to take you something a little tropical here. Okay, kind of with a dolphin in mind. Yeah, so in the nice warm waters from Space Channel 5, this is the Mexican Flyer. Arriba.
and that was the Mexican Flyer from Space Channel 5, uh, composed by Naofi Hataya. This game came out June 4th, 2000. Very, Brian, as we listen to it, says very Austin Powers-ish. Yeah, uh, very, very Austin Powers-ish, yes. Definitely get that. Uh, so this, the, the basic premise of this game is you are a reporter named Ulala, who is going around um, doing these dance battles and these shootouts to save hostages. So it's a, it's a rhythm-based game uh, with your up, down, left, right, and, sh- and shoot buttons. So right. there's that. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the crazy lawsuit that came out of this game. Okay. I, I want to ask you something real quick, though. Sure. I thought you were the Mexican flyer. Oh, that was El Frank Hero. That's my alter ego. He's <laughs> something else. <laughs> What's the lawsuit? I'm, 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 I'm the self-proclaimed king of... Well, uh, exactly, exactly. Have you ever heard of the band D-Light? You may have. Uh, they I, had that, th- that, I think so, actually. Yeah, they had that single, Groove is in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in early 2003, uh, Lady Miss Keir, who was uh, the lead singer of D-Light, initiated a lawsuit against Sega. Okay. Uh, alleging that they stole her, pers- her former persona as a basis for the character. Uh, so, the basis was... Uh, she'd wear these knee-high boots, short skirts, and a pink ponytail, which looked just like Lala. So, she claimed that Sega had offered her $16,000 to license her name, image, and songs for the game, and she rejected the offer. So they found, and she finds out that Sega still went ahead and just renamed the character and just went, went along with it anyway. Uh, so she took on the suit, and she lost, and was legally liable to pay Sega's attorney fees of $608,000. That she had to pay because of it. That she, that she had to pay. That's crazy. Now, now, now you want, want a bigger slap in the face here? In 2008, her single, Groove is in the Heart, was licensed for use in a game that you're going to hear a song from later on, Samba de Amigo. <laughs> okay. In a stage that ironically appears featuring Ulala. That is insanely funny. That is funny. I didn't know that. I'm hoping they paid her six hundred and eight thousand. I was gonna say kind kind of a slap in the face to do that, but kind of humorous at the same time. Uh, but I feel bad for her. <laughs> I feel bad for her for that reason. Okay. But yeah, it's I thought it was a nice little cool story that I have to share here. So. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Uh, okay. Let's move on to my next pick. And this is something I'm extremely proud of to, found, to find because I've never played this game and I actually didn't even hear about this game ever. So I was happy to see this one when I was digging through the uh, the Dreamcast library and uh, I was kind of looking game by game throughout everything released on the Dreamcast and like, okay, who are the composers behind this game? Who is the composer behind this one? And kind of looking for like certain things that I knew would go over well. So from a game called Evolution, this is Ambushed.
And that was ambushed from a game called Evolution, which is a game and it's actually a role playing game that I had never heard of until I researched for this episode. Nor have I. And it makes me mad, man, because I usually am on top of the RPGs, especially the uh, the Japanese RPGs, which this definitely has inspirations from. It was actually published by Ubisoft, developed by Sting, uh, not not the singer. But uh, oh, and not the wrestler, the wrestler, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it definitely has a lot of uh, Japanese roots in it. And actually, uh, Sting Entertainment looks like they are still around. The uh, the most recent thing they worked on was Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Blackheart for uh, Idea Factory for PS Vita and Steam, which is part of the Neptunia series. So that's actually interesting to see there. Uh, This was composed by Masuharu Iwata. And if you're familiar with the name, I'm not surprised because his most well-known projects include working alongside Hitoshi Sakamoto on Ogre Battle, Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Final Fantasy XII. You say we've definitely played some of his music before. Yeah, we, we've definitely played some of Masaharu Iwata's tracks before, um, and especially things that he worked on alongside uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto. Um, but yeah, I, now that I know this game, and it has a sequel, Evolution 2. There's there so there's evolution the world of sacred device and evolution to far off promise which released on the Nintendo GameCube as well and actually now that I'm seeing this I've heard of it but I've never played it okay I didn't realize I think it was it's time a, Brian goes back and plays these games I think so too because now that I'm seeing it released on the GameCube I've never played this but I remember the cover art. It released on the GameCube as Evolution Worlds, December 2nd, 2002 in North America. And it was a compilation of both Evolution 1 and Evolution 2. So if I pick up the GameCube version, which is probably... I would imagine it's not that expensive. And I still have my GameCube hooked up. I could easily play these two games. I think I'm going to do that, actually. Um, this, honestly, when I when I heard this track for the first time, not knowing who the composer was yet... I instantly thought Final Fantasy. So it's funny that the actual composer worked on Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy 12, as well as Tactics Ogre and Ogre Battle, because I clearly can hear that from this track. So pretty cool. That was a good one. How about a game that I played the absolute crap out of? Still to this day, actually. Okay. From Marvel versus Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. This is the Carnival Stage.
and that was the carnival stage from Marvel vs. Capcom 2 New Age of Heroes uh, from a composer you haven't heard in about, about 10 minutes uh, Tetsuya Shibata did, you, actually, did we already do something from him today? Didn't we, did we not? I don't think so well then, I, then I'll, maybe I haven't heard him in 10 minutes but whatever uh, so he's credited with over 20 musical scores for Capcom including Monster Hunter yep Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. Darkstalkers, something called Power Stone. Yeah, which may show up a little bit later. And Resident Evil Outbreak. Mm-hmm. He also, um, if I'm remembering correctly, he helps out with Smash Brothers. Yes, he actually is doing the uh, the, the the painting stage for uh, the haunted painting. Okay, the Luigi's Mansion in the Smash Brothers the upcoming one. Okay, and I know he also worked with Yoko Shimomura on Final Fantasy 15 a little bit because I remember talking about him during our. Uh, our Final Fantasy 15 episode. So. I mean, he's the man at Capcom. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and, and I absolutely love this game. Uh, my favorite combination includes Venom and the Juggernaut. Nice. And then you kind of alternate out my third guy, depending on what I'm doing there. Right. Uh, I I would love them to make a, a Marvel vs. Capcom 4 because <laughs> 3 broke my heart. <laughs> Just do it right. Right. Hashtag um, Winnie Wolverine back. I know you said it doesn't really sound like his normal stuff, but to me it kind of does because he's he's very he's very influenced by jazz. And maybe it's because it's a car- maybe it's more of a carnival inspired. Though it's his carnival level, but maybe yeah, that, like, but, it wasn't but it, his normal. It's like a it's like a carnival. It's like a typical carnival song infused with jazz elements, a little bit of classical elements. I, I don't know. It, it, I can I can see why you say it's not his normal forte, but I can also hear Tetsuya Shibata in that track. I can hear him very easily. I can hear his stuff. So um, good stuff. But yeah, I, I, we are going to hear him a little bit later. I, I swear I don't think we've heard him today, but uh, I, I thought we did. Then again, I think a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. And most things you think are usually wrong. <laughs> How about we go? from fighting game to fighting game. And I'm hoping you're familiar with this series because it's one of the one of the better fighting game series out there. I love Tekken. It's not Tekken. Um but the main thing about this series and franchise is how metal the soundtracks always are. So from Guilty Gear X. This is Awe of She.
that was Awe of She from Guilty Gear X, which released on the Dreamcast exclusively in Japan December 14th, 2000. We would eventually see it for the first time here in North America on the PlayStation 2 September 30th, 2001. So the Dreamcast version did stay exclusive to Japan as did the arcade version of Guilty Gear X, also stayed exclusive to Japan. That track was composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari, who is also the designer of the game, the artist, and the guy that actually thought up the entire franchise. <laughs> so, wow. so Guilty Gear is his baby. It's developed by Arc System Works and published by Sammy Studios. But yeah, Daisuke Ishiwatari is the designer the artist and the composer, as well as the guy who created the entire franchise. And it spans multiple games. There's six games in the main series, with the latest one releasing uh, here in North America in 2016. Uh, that was Guilty Gear XRD Revelator, is the most recent one on PS3, PS4, and PC. There are updated versions, there's several updated versions, there's several spinoffs. But yeah, there's only six in the uh, in the mainline series. And I will say Guilty Gear is fantastic. It is. The, 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 I guarantee there'll be more. Oh, absolutely. I've played four of the six. So I played the original Guilty Gear on the PlayStation. I played Guilty Gear X on the PS2. Uh, I played, I want to say it was XRD Sign on the PS3 and then Revelator on the PS4. So I've played four of the six. And, and they are great games, and their soundtracks are always, always on point and always very metal. Like, Daisuke Ishiwatari is... He's inspired by, by heavy metal, and you can clearly hear that. And uh, besides Guilty Gear, the only other franchise that he ever really contributes tracks to is another Arc System Works track uh, series, uh, Blas Blue. So he also... I've heard of that. Yeah, he also... Which is another fighting game. But he also contributes tracks to that. But yeah, Guilty Gear is his, his main focus because it's, it's his baby. I mean, it's his creation. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fantastic track. Do we do three fighting games in a row? No, no, we do not, Brian. Well, that's fine. There's there's still quite a bit more fighting games left, I believe. On Well, actually, no, I think there's only two left. Okay. I could, but I won't. Okay. I am instead going to go to a song that I've been trying to get onto an episode for... <sighs> Well over a year now. I'm so mad about this. From Sonic Adventure 2. I hate this track. <laughs> this is a ghost's pumpkin soup, also known as Pumpkin Hill. You know me, the fighting freak Knuckles, and we're at Pumpkin Hill. You ready? I ain't gonna let it get to me. I'm just gonna creep down in Pumpkin Hill. I got to find my little speed. I know that it's here. I can sense it in my feet. The great emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I'm gonna hold my head because I have no fear. This probably seems crazy, crazy. A graveyard theory. I ghost try to approach me and got leery. Ask him a question and he vanished in a second. I'm walking through valleys, crying pumpkin in the alley. Didn't seem happy, but they sure tried to get me. Had to back him up with a fist metal crackle. I'm hearing someone saying, you a chicken, don't be scared. It had to be the wind, cause nobody wasn't there. I searched and I searched as I climbed up the wall. And then I started to fly, I went in deeper. Let it get to me, I'm just gonna creep. Now I'm pumpkin hell, I got to find my lost 
Jones beats. I know that it's here. I sense it in my feet. The great Emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I gotta hold my head. I have no fear. It probably seems crazy, crazy. A graveyard theory. A ghost try to approach me. He got there. A Ghost's Pumpkin Soup or Pumpkin Hill from Sonic Adventure 2. I thought that was one of the worst tracks ever composed from Sonic Adventure 2. Is I that's not the name of the track? Do not insult June Sanoi. Okay. That's not the that name of the composer. track. Yeah, well, I mean every everyone has a bad day. <laughs> so uh the song was uh performed by Haunted P who wrote the lyrics. Uh so he was the vocalist. Sorry, of course. Haunted, uh, Haunted P? Hunted, like like hunted dollar bill. H U N N I D. Hunted P. Um, he <laughs> describes. Knuckle- name. I, I don't need these people. Uh, he, so he describes Knuckles' determination to continue hunting for the shards of the Master Emerald, despite his apprehension of the creepy wasteland. Okay. Do I do I t- do I tell them that you were rapping alongside the lyrics and dancing? Hey, what can I say, man? I, as I told Brian, I used to always bump <laughs> two Sonic songs on my iPod for the longest time. There's this one and City Escape, and I already played City Escape on a prior episode, so I wasn't allowed to play it again. Yeah, actually, you played City Escape a long time ago. That was one of the... I, th- I think it was the first radio hour. It was It was one of the first ever... It, it may not have been the very first one, but it was definitely in the first initial batch of radio hours when you played uh, City Escape. I do remember that. I've been holding on to this one for quite a while, so... Uh, I actually think that's the episode that made me stop uploading to YouTube. Because <laughs> Sega was on our, was on our ass, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's the episode that made me stop uploading the BG Mania episodes to, uh, to YouTube, because every time we did, we would get a copyright strike. <laughs> Damn you, Sega. Yeah. All right. Uh, love, but, but again, I love this game. I love that level. Love that song. It was a fun level. I'll give you that. Track, <laughs> not so much. Not so much. But I feel like we need a palate cleanser now. We need something to uh, to wipe away the the terribleness that is a ghost pumpkin's soup, otherwise known as Pumpkin Hill. So let's go to a game that is not exactly that good. But the music in this game is phenomenal for one particular reason. If you don't know why, I'll tell you when we come back. After researching this and figuring out how awesome the music is in this game, I have since slotted it in to actually do an entire episode on this game, even though it's a bad game. But the music is great. The game is Sorcerian. The track, Dark Wizard Gidus.
and that was Dark Wizard Gidus from Sorcerian, which was developed and published by one of my all-time favorite developers and publishers now, not so much back then, but now, Nihon Falcom, and composed by someone that, in my mind, never does a bad track, Mr. Yuzo Kashiro. There were several other composers on Sorcerian, uh, Maiki Ishikawa, Riko Takabayashi, Hideya Nagata, and Takahito Abe were also composers on this, but this one was actually done by Yuzo Kashiro because I did find a breakdown of the actual composers for this game, which was nice to have. Um, I listened to this entire soundtrack because I wanted to pick what I felt like was one of the strongest tracks, and that's this that is, in my opinion, one of the strongest tracks. Instead of Medusa's head, you picked this song. Yes. And this is very Yuzo Kashiro. This is very, very well done. Um, but after listening to the soundtrack, I actually wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. I want to do an episode dedicated to this game in the future because the entire soundtrack in typical Falcom form is 1000% A plus superb. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, as I mentioned, the game, not so much. It never released here in North America, except in 1990 on April 1st on the DOS for PC. Everywhere else it released, uh, including the Dreamcast port, was exclusive to Japan. The review that I pulled up when I said the game wasn't remembered fondly uh, was from GameSpot back in 2000 when this was posted, September 8th, 2000. They had to import it to review it and they gave it uh, a 3.4 out of 10. And uh, I was looking at user ratings and most users rated around a five or a six, so not as bad, but still not good as well. Uh, but this actually is part of the Dragon Slayer series. So this is actually Dragon Slayer 5 Sorcerian, which would eventually become the Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, Trails in the Second, you know, Trails the Third, and then eventually Trails of Cold Steel, and also the same series that Tokyo's Xanadu spun off from. So the only series that this isn't related to is Ease. But yeah. Yet. True. <laughs> Go find a way. True. But uh, I eventually think just because you know how good the soundtracks are every time Falcom is involved, I think eventually we have to dedicate an entire episode to like everything Falcom has done because we're not doing a Falcom episode. We're doing Falcom episodes. That's what I said. Not 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 a <laughs> one, but like one to dedicated to Sorcerian, one dedicated to Trails, one dedicated to everything. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really feel like every game that they've developed, published and, and put out has such a phenomenal soundtrack that each game deserves its own episode. So over the next several years, we will be slowly chipping away at Falcom's library and dedicating episodes to it. Or we do Falcomuary. Oh my God. And just really, really just punish ourselves to put out an episode a day. Oh my God, I kind of like that idea, but I don't think I can do it yet. <laughs> We'll figure it out. It's, it's in the ether. Yeah, that that's awesome, though. Maybe every February we dedicate and every week we do a Falcom game. Oh, man, I kind of like that idea. I already have the schedule made for next year, but maybe starting the year after we'll start that. We'll see. Right. We'll see. I like it. All right. So from one crazy Falcom game to a game that has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> see, that's a transition for you. Yeah. Uh, from Virtua Tennis. This is America. Let's 
And that was America from Virtua Tennis, composed by Chiho Kobayashi. Uh, so I was looking into her trying to see if I could find any interesting fun facts. So she did the music for Super Monkey Ball. Great game. It is a good and game. She, and she did the animations for Fantasy Life. And that's it. The anim- So are we Fantasy Life on the 3DS, correct? Yes. Okay. So uh, multi-talented. Uh, this is one of those shocker hits. I didn't expect this to be a good song, but I was like, hey, let, let me try to find a sports game on the Dreamcast and then find some music. And this is what I came up with. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know that's what you talk about for her because she doesn't have too much. No, because she, she doesn't have too much uh, right, in, in right. her repertoire, unfortunately. No, I know. Uh, and, you, and, and you know me, I love tennis games. So uh, I suck at real tennis, but I like to play it. And I've never played Virtua Tennis on the Dreamcast. Really? Yeah. Not a bad game at all. One of the better ones. I normally uh, stick to the Mario Tennis side of things, which, in, in my opinion, were always more fun. Because I like more of the arcade style tennis type instead of like the, the simulation style, which I'm assuming virtual tennis is more simulation, more, real, more to, real, that, yeah. real to life. Um, there was a really good tennis game on the Super Nintendo, though, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember which one that was. It wasn't a Mario tennis either. But I remember playing that with I remember playing that with my buddy down the street. Well, I can't recall one off the top of my head, but I bet you I played it. I played them all. <laughs> unless, I, unless I'm not thinking of the correct system, but I thought it was. It may it may not have been Super Nintendo then, but I don't remember. Um, I just remember back in like the the mid to late '90s, and I, I know it wasn't the Nintendo 64. Uh, him and I used to throw down on on a tennis game, so I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to hear this track and and how actual good it is because it's it's not a bad track, as you said, not a bad track. Yeah, and I bet you were thinking of either Super Tennis or Smash Tennis. Those are those are the two big ones. Probably Smash Tennis sounds more familiar. Probably, probably. I was one of the, was one of the bigger ones. Yeah, Smash Tennis sounds familiar. So that's probably the one I was thinking of. Uh, we used to play that all the time. All right, let's go to another RPG. Let's Ooh. go to another RPG because the Dreamcast, surprisingly, even though I didn't know about Evolution, the Dreamcast actually had a decent amount of good RPGs. So let's go to a game that I have played tracks from before in the past. This is Skies of Arcadia, the track, battle theme number one.
And that was battle theme number one from Skies of Arcadia, which released on the Dreamcast here in North America on November 13th, 2000. And then the more popular version, which was released on the GameCube January 27th, 2003 as uh, Skies of Arcadia Legends. That's the one that most people played, but it obviously originated with Skies of Arcadia on the Dreamcast, composed by Tatsuyuki Maeda who did a good chunk of the soundtrack alongside the other composer, Yutaka Minobi. But uh, Tatsuyuki Maeda did a good chunk of the Skies of Arcadia soundtrack. Um, Very, very, very well done battle theme. We've already done an episode dedicated to battle themes, but I really do think we're going to have to do a part two in the future because there's so many other good battle music out there that we haven't picked yet and that we haven't heard that we're going to have to do a part two at some point in the future for battle music. The same thing, remember, like, I've I've kind of been going through, like, the episodes that we've done over the last 70 weeks. Crazy that we actually are that deep into the episodes catalog because this is episode 71 that we're recording here right now. So I've been going over the last 70 weeks and looking at the episodes that we've done and figuring out which themes and ideas we could actually apply a part two, a part three to, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I do think battle music is going to have to be one of them. I would love to do another episode dedicated to boss music because that was a really fun episode we've done. Uh, and still to this day, one of my favorite episodes we did was the town theme episode. I would love to do an episode based on town music. So I really do think we're going to have to explore some of these ideas that we've done already at some point in the future. Just not anytime soon. But what an amazing yeah. track that was. What an amazing that, that, track. That was a great track. I used to love the TV show. Amber Tamblin. They're in my heart. Wrong, uh, wrong Arcadia. When it, when it took, Joan it came out in 2003. Wrong Arcadia. And I'm actually surprised you didn't make an Arcadia Bay reference to Life is Strange. Wow. Musically, that joke, that was next. Because <laughs> you normally do stupid things. <laughs> I was going to chain them together with the rule of three. Thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> Okay, well, not, not, now that my jokes are done, mm-hmm. um, how like, about we take... Like your career is done. You're fired. So sad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I do have one more fighting game here in my repertoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, a theme for a character who is no longer in the series, sadly. This is Beyond the Horizon from Soul Calibur.
And that was Beyond the Horizon from Soul Calibur. Uh, that is the song for Huang Xiangyang, uh, the Korean hero uh, who uh, left us in Soul Calibur 3. Yeah, because I, I remember I remember that from Soul Calibur 2. Yes. Yeah. He was in, he was in 2, he was in 3, but uh, has not been in 4, 5, or 6. Maybe it's because 3 was so bad and they attributed it to Huang. I think he just, uh, now he's he's like training in the dojo and teaching everyone. Uh, uh, Young Xiang uh, took over for him, so. Okay. Uh, but this was composed by Yoshihiro Yano. Okay. Who does all the Soul Calibur games. Yeah. Also does another fighting series called Tekken. Mm-hmm. And I've played some of his music before because he's also responsible for a lot of the music behind Katamari. Yeah. And I know you have a, a very, very high love for the Soul Calibur series and particularly the Soul Calibur music as well. I actually made fun of you when you submitted your list. I was like, man, I kind of knew you were going to pick Soul Calibur, and I was mad at you for picking Soul Calibur. <laughs> Which is why I made sure I picked the character who's not yeah, like right, current and something right. you haven't heard in a long ass time. Right, right. Because as you say, uh, Soul Calibur music is, I mean, you always throw that legendary word around. But uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 I didn't do it this time because I didn't want to over encumber myself. I just. I, I... <laughs> but don't you worry, for my next pick when it comes around the best song you're gonna hear on the whole episode um i don't know i don't know about that because i know i know you have coming up next and i don't know about that how do you know my things ryan oh Uh, wait yeah because you you Uh, send them to me so i can pre-prep the episodes uh how's your how's your uh adventures going in soul caliber 6 i have beaten the story mode for almost every character so far there's a couple more i have to do okay because uh you left it out of your discussion this past week on max level, so I didn't know if you've actually had played it or not. I want I wanted to fully beat it before I could actually say anything. Oh, so. Okay, okay, yeah, because you left plus, it. Plus, 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 I'm actually working on a written review, so. Yeah, you are, which uh, will hopefully be up on our website, leveldowngames.com, sometime relatively soon. soon. Yeah, relatively soon. soon. Relatively soon. There's no timetables for anything that we do anymore, but uh, it, I, it'll, it'll I, be up I, there I myself, want, I, I myself want to get like 40 reviews back. <laughs> I'm like 33 deep right now. I know. <laughs> You're only one. <laughs> I know. Let's move on to another JRPG. And this happens to be one of my favorite JRPG franchises of all time, which we will never see a fourth episode or a fourth edition of for reasons I've already stated. Uh, if you don't remember, I'll remind you when we come back. But let's take a listen to the track first. From Grandia 2, this is Fight.
And that was Fight from Grandia 2, which originally released for the Dreamcast here in North America December 6th, 2000. Would eventually get ported as most Dreamcast games did, because the Dreamcast did not sell that well, and most of the games did get ported elsewhere to give them more chances of success and more chances of sales. Would eventually get ported to the PlayStation 2 January 28th, 2002. Uh, PC would see it March 10th, 2002. And I am so excited because Grandia 1 and 2 are eventually coming to Nintendo Switch later this year or early next year. It's still slated as winter 2018. What about 3? No, remember, we talked about this when we talked about it at the max level. It's only 1 and 2 that's actually getting the uh, the the port treatment to the Nintendo Switch. For whatever reason, Grandia 3 is not included in the collection. Um, but yeah, the reason that we will never get another Grandia game is because the actual creator of the franchise passed away and the team decided to let that be his legacy, Grandia 1, 2 and 3. And they're not going to continue it on with a fourth game uh, composed by someone that I have a very high respect for in the video game music industry, Mr. Noriyuki Awadare. And I actually have him slated to get a composer spotlight at some point in the future, because most of the things that he works on are really, really, really good. Uh, obviously, he is a composer that is behind the Lunar series, Grandia, Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright. He does a lot of a lot of good music out there. Um, worked on Mega Man X7. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a lot of credits to his name. And most of the stuff that he's done is is really good. So I think we could actually do a really good episode focusing on Noriyuki Awadari. Um, another battle theme, though. And I didn't realize that, obviously, when I when I put this together, I put two battle themes back to back with my picks, uh, which which really just reinforces my my idea that we got to do another episode on battle music in the future. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we absolutely have to do that. We will rumble again. Don't you worry. I can't wait to play these games again, dude. I cannot wait to play these games on the Switch. Like I said, Grandia 1, 2, and 3 are some of my favorite JRPGs. And to get to re-experience these again on the Switch will be an absolute pleasure and joy, in my opinion. So I can't wait. All right. All right. I have one track left, Ryan. You do? I wish I had 10 more tracks. Well, subtract the zero when you have one track left. 10 minus zero is still 10. Okay. So, uh... (laughs) My track is called Samba de Janeiro from Samba de Amigo.
And that was Somebody Gierno from Somebody Amigo. Uh, that was done by the German pop group Bolini. Okay. Uh, so it heavily samples Erdo Moriere's 1972 song, Tamba in Seven Quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put a little fu- some fun facts about this. Um, for one, probably one of the most popular songs from this game. I, I, I would be shocked if it wasn't the most popular song from this game. Uh, the melody to this song was played during the 2008 uh, EUFA European Football Championships every time the goal was scored. Oh, wow. Nice. So, uh, in fact, this ep- this song was featured in an episode of The Simpsons, uh, season 25, the Simpsons episode, You Don't Have to Live Like a Referee, which uh, for Simpsons fans is the one where Lisa says that Homer's a hero, that their story goes viral, he ends up becoming a referee for uh, the World Cup. So another soccer reference. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so it was pretty cool, um, and I like it. it was a nice little little funky jam. Yeah, no, it's definitely a fun track. Uh, like I said, it's probably it's I think the one that I closely associate with Somebody Amigo, um, which was a, another fantastic rhythm game, might I add. Uh, you know, just very very well done. I really enjoyed this game. Everybody talks smack about Nintendo being the system of peripherals, but dude, the Dreamcast was the peripheral system. Yeah, it definitely had a lot as well. Um, right up there with Nintendo consoles. I mean, it, but they worked and it was fun. Like, it was actually fun playing this game with the maracas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> with the maracas. It was actually really, really fun. Um, and that, I think it's like, you know, when it's, it's this type of stuff that really made me fall in love with the rhythm genre that I still play to this day with like Hatsune Miku, Persona Dancing. Uh, rhythm Heaven. I, I just enjoy rhythm games. I really, really do. The only one I never got into is Dance Dance Revolution. That's the only one I never really got into because it requires... Probably did, that's probably the one I did get into, and I used to have the pads and I would get down. Yeah, it just requires yeah. too much energy, and I don't want to exert that energy. My fat ass used to consider an exercise, so... <laughs> Maybe you should start doing it again. Uh, Brian, I am down like 24 pounds, so... Well, what I'm saying is... Oh, and again, audio podcast, so... Well, no. first of all, I didn't get my joke in for this episode, so I had to get it in now before we close it out. Second of all, you hate going to the gym, so maybe if you just start dancing with Dance of Revolution, you could just work out from home. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's a good idea, because I hate going to that torture center and paying the money. <laughs> you could actually invest in getting an actual arcade cabinet for Dance of Revolution and set it up in there in your studio down there. I'm sure my upstairs neighbor would love to hear that. <laughs> hear you banging on that thing out of the day. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right. To close out the episode, let's take a listen to my last track, which happens to come from another fighting game. And what? yeah, the Dreamcast had a plethora of fighting games, dude. I talked about a lot of the, the JRPGs that they had, but I think the Dreamcast is most synonymous with fighting games and the fighting genre because it had so many and it had so many good ones. Uh, one of those franchises being Power Stone. So my track actually comes from the sequel to Power Stone, Power Stone 2, and it is called Blue Sky Area. And it was composed, as we talked about earlier, by Tetsuya Shibata. See, I told you I heard of him today. Well, yeah, I mean, it just it just took us about another eight tracks to get there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to close out today with another Tetsuya Shibata composition from Power Stone 2, which really, really was a good game. And it was a multiplayer fighting game. And I really enjoyed these games. 
uh, I wish that the series would have continued because these this is from the stuff that originated on the Dreamcast. Games like Power Stone, games like Shenmue really were some of the reasons why I wanted to own a Dreamcast in the first place. And uh, this is just a fantastic score. Uh, it really makes you feel like you're back playing the game back in the blue sky area, listening to this for the first time. Um, I enjoy hearing it again a lot. So we're going to close out with Blue Sky Area from Power Stone 2. But unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of the episode today. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here. I'm going to keep the plea going and Branson help out as well. Please, please, please send us tracks for our thankful episode. It's coming up soon. Yeah, we actually uh, the cutoff for that is going to have to be. <laughs> um, soon. <laughs> so we're going to have to say the cutoff for that is uh, this Sunday, November 18th, because the episode is posting. So this episode goes up on Wednesday, November 14th. Our next episode, which we're going to talk about here in a second, goes up next Wednesday, November 21st. And then that thankful episode, our bonus episode is November 22nd, which means on our normal you recording have, day, have the 18th tops. Yeah, the 18th has to be the cutoff because our normal recording days are Saturdays. So this coming up Saturday will be when we record the next normal episode. We're going to have to squeeze in the recording for the thankful episode, probably Monday night and Tuesday night next week. So which means I'm only going to have a day to put this together and get it up after we're done recording it. So, yeah, the, the cutoff for submitting tracks for that thankful episode will be this Sunday, November 18th. You have to the end of the day, as long as I have them by Monday morning, because we're going to record the episode Monday night. So even, actually, technically, you could submit a track Monday afternoon and still get it in. So but for all intents and purposes, we will say the cutoff is November 18th, this coming up Sunday to submit a track for that thankful episode. But if you're late and you submit it Monday afternoon, that's probably OK as well. Uh, unless other people already have tracks submitted, and then it doesn't matter. So as long as we have 16, that's all that matters. And we are up to, I want to say we're up to 12. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah. Well, no, no, 11. We're up to 11, so we need five more. But that 11 is still including your sisters, which we do not have yet. So we may need yes. six. We may need six more. But uh, so get them in. Keep submitting. I'll turn her life. Don't you worry. <laughs> Keep submitting them. We, we definitely need it. So we will be recording that episode uh, early next week. And I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait to uh, to read some of these stories that we've actually gotten for some of these tracks. It's going to be a good time. But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Remember to submit tracks, ideas and requests for future episodes, especially for that thankful episode as we just talked about. The email address is bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to show your support by leaving us a review. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Remember, go to iTunes. Even if you're not listening on iTunes, go to iTunes, create an account, subscribe to us there too. Thank you. But then drop us a rating and a review because we would greatly appreciate that. You can also follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all the live streams and event coverage and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box for the appropriate links. Next week, besides the thankful episode on Thursday, our normal episode next Wednesday, we are going to be exploring music from the year 2002. So everything you hear on next week's episode will come from a game that originally released in 2002. Now, I will say the last time we did this, the last time we did a specific year, we focused on North America alone. I think we're going to expand it and allow it for any game 
that released in the year 2002. Whether that was in Japan, whether that was in North America, or whether that was in Europe. But there's a special... How do I want to say this? There is a special requirement that must be met. If the game released in Japan in 2002 or Europe in 2002 or North America in 2002, it has to be the original release year. So if it's a Japanese game that came out in 2002 and then the English version came out in 2003, it counts for 2002. If the Japanese version and the North American version came out in 2001 and the European version came out in 2002, that does not count. Okay, first so, release. So it has to be the first release year. 2002. And, uh, I'm just going to be, I'm sure you're going to veto it right now. I can't pick the entire Grand Theft Vice City uh, soundtrack, right? You cannot pick the entire soundtrack to Vice City, no. Because it's all licensed tracks. The only thing I may, I may let you slide with is Flock of Seagulls, but I'm not even going to let that fly. Because <laughs> it's a licensed okay. track. Yeah, nothing That's for okay. nothing for Vice because, City. Because if you know that, guys, I'm still going to pick from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Don't you worry. Um, 2002, though, surprisingly a decent year for gaming. So I think we'll it actually, is. I think next year will or ne- next year, my God, next week, we will have a, a fun episode. So next Wednesday, we'll have a, an episode dedicated to 2002. And then on Thursday, remember, is that thankful episode. Taking us out of this episode, once again, we have Blue Sky Area from Power Stone 2, composed by Tetsuya Shibata. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. (laughs) 